Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Groove Lab podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, if it's your first time, my name is Lauren Alexander. And I am Jeff. This is Jeff Odom. Odom, yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> my name. Oh, my God. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, this is a podcast all about the people that make up the music industry. We are here recording at the lovely Rosewood Studios. Love it here. We do love it here. They stuck us in the drum room. They yeah. got us a nice couch. I don't know if you can see it, but it's real vibey in here, and um, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into totally. it. Season three is starting off real, real nice. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> no technical difficulties. Um, none that we're going to talk about. That's right. <laughs> How do you like our shirts? The Groove Lab? Gro Pretty cool, right? I love right? these shirts. I have... Let me see if I can turn around. Show the back. I have four of these shirts in my personal collection. Stay groovy, baby. Oh, yeah. We're going to have these shirts um, available on our website to purchase. At the time that we're recording this, they are sold out. So I'm going to try to get my shit together and see if I can. Um, get your what together? Get my shit together. Boop. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's not a bad word. Get my <laughs> together. Um. <laughs> We'll see, though. I yeah, mean, totally. No promises. No, they're awesome shirts. They are. They're really nice shirts. Um, our friend Robert Woodward at Wonderful Design. Could we have the greatest Nathan? name, the Groove Lab? I love it. I know. Do you remember? I do remember I, the I whole saw conversation. Like, yes, I saw like a, a thing that f popped up on uh, my memories, and it was like, I was like, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. Like, what should we name it? And we went through like so many different ideas, and we finally found groove lab and do we know do like we, it's do just people so cool. know what the acronym for lab is i don't know how about you tell them you know it's a <laughs> lauren alexander band it is we've always called ourselves the lab just i mean not like publicly but right. um just and now she calls the band the groove lab yeah, awesome. we we're gonna we're gonna start calling the band the Groove Lab because pretty cool. I, I just I love it. I think it's so cool. Oh yeah, and you guys are are pretty groovy. Stay groovy. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. Oh my god. Um, this episode is brought to you by Kaiser Musical Products. You know, more people have always asked for us to have video of our banter back and forth, and now they're getting it they're for season three. They are getting you get it. To, you'll get to know the real Lauren, you know, the stuff that's not edited out. You're going to see the things like me, like elbowing oh him. My gosh, my I, ribs are sore already. <laughs> I already told him today. I was like, Jeff, stop deep breathing into the microphone. Because he's like. <sighs> Listen, people. I'm, like, I'm a drummer. Don't. And don't. <laughs> stop. So I never talk on the mic for multiple reasons. For lots of lots of good reasons. Um, But anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me is I'm What's related to you. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? Let's just let's just let's just get into that. Let's just let's agree just, to disagree on everything today. <laughs> Perfect. Our guest today is a senior music publicist with Muddy Paw PR and founder of international music blog Musical Notes Global. Please welcome Erica Dorora. Hey, Erica. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We are good. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm I'm excited to talk to you um, about PR. Um, we need help. <laughs> I feel like everybody could use help with PR. You know what yes. I mean? 
And it's okay. kind of like, you don't know, you don't really know what it is until you know what it is. If that makes any, does that make sense? No, no but go okay. ahead. <laughs> it does. It definitely makes sense. You get sense. me. <laughs> I do. That's not well, the first time I've heard that. Okay, good, good, Star, good. <laughs> something that is so hard to explain when you're not in it. Um, I'm not sure why, um, uh, even other publicists I know, like we kind of all like, I think we all have the same feeling, like, I don't know how to describe it to other people, but really I just like to put it in the simplest terms, it's you're helping people, whether it's a band or, um, you know, business, whatever, um, helping them get buzz, build their brand establish their online presence through interviews, features, reviews, and through those people get to know them better with singers and bands. That publicity is what helps get people excited. It helps keeps existing fans connected, just keeps you out there and relevant. Awesome. So simple enough, really, but, but not, I know you, um, have to juggle doing a lot of things. Um, let's just start off with like your background and how, how did you get started doing this? Um, so, you know, like when I was in college, um, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. I knew, like, I always had that feeling in my gut, like I need to be in music but I didn't know what that looked like and I didn't know how to get there. And when I did, my first job was in beauty brand management. And it was a lot of writing, it was sales, placing brands in stores, like opening accounts. And then, um, you know, at, at that time, that was like 2014, job market was like, not super great. So I said, let me start a a blog. That was a big step for me, you know, like, it's hard to put yourself out there. Um, especially when you're shy, I'm super shy. That's why I think like, I like being behind the scenes. But um, so when I started the music blog, that's how I discovered PR. And I was like, wait a minute, PR is something that combines two of my biggest passions, which is writing and music. And it's something I can make money doing, and I can help people. So it kind of happened naturally and I love it. So I feel super lucky and grateful to be doing something that I love every day. That's awesome. Are you a mus musician? I, um, I'm not like a professional or anything, but I play piano. <laughs> so I come into it with some music knowledge and of course a lifelong passion for music. So. Well, that's cool. Okay. So you kind of got into it. Um, but tell us about Muddy Paw and, and what you do there. Sure. I have written down, what is PR? <laughs> <laughs> so Muddy Paw PR is the agency I work for. Um, and it's, I'm, I live in Connecticut. The company is based in Boston. Um, so it's great. I get to work from home. Um, but, you know, we work with a lot of indie bands and artists and, producers across all different kinds of genres. Um, and, you know, we help get those interviews. We help um, 
guide artists on social media, um, which is something I know. <laughs> it's like a, it's just like one of those, it's like a beast of its own. Like it's always changing and evolving just like the music industry. So when you put those things together, it's a lot to keep up with. And, you know, when you're a independent artist, you're, um, you're also kind of like a business owner. So you've got, you're wearing a lot of hats and making the music, trying to figure out how to get it out there and have to worry about social media and all these different platforms. So we try to help give them a little plan for how to take care of that and while we take care of the PR to try to alleviate some of that pressure that they feel. Cool. Yeah, with things always evolving, it's hard to keep up yeah. with all the latest trends while still playing music and performing. And then you got to say, okay, well, now this is what is trending and hot on social medias, and we have to continue doing that as well. It's very overwhelming. That's right. <laughs> It is hard to get from like the creative mindset into like more of a business mindset, which doing PR, you have to be creative as well. Um, yeah. So when anytime we're working with bands, we always try to look at like all the different angles we can approach it with. So if we are working with an artist who is a yoga instructor, for example, we would hit the blogs and online outlets that cover their style of music but we might also hit up some yoga blogs so maybe they could curate a playlist or write a guest blog or you know you always want to connect their passions and that ultimately helps expand their reach that's that makes a lot of sense and you have to kind of think outside the box and yeah. uh, figure that that kind of stuff out and figure out a story um, exactly. for your artists which I think um, it's kind of hard to do yourself. Um, I know a lot of artists yes, maybe listening aren't at the point where they would need to hire PR, but they are at a point where they need to have a bio and be able to send out, you know, like a, a good looking email to get booked for their first yes. couple shows. Do you have any tips on, on maybe creating that story and, and creating a bio? Yeah, so um, I've written a ton of bios and a ton <laughs> of pitches. So I think the most important thing with both is to stay genuine because people can tell when you're not. Um, and it's to look at really like what sets you apart. And I know, you know, the music industry is so saturated with so many artists. And when you're an artist yourself, I think sometimes, you know, it's such a roller coaster where you believe in yourself, but maybe you might feel like, how am I different than people in my genre? So that's when you start looking at, you know, how did you grow up? Um, what What's driving you to make this music? And so, when I'm working with artists on their bios, I always try to get to the heart of who they are as a person. Um, or if it's a band, why are they together making music? And that I think is what anybody who's reading that bio, whether it's a fan um, or a journalist, 
I think that's what people connect to the most. It might not necessarily be the music 100% of the time, or you might have a journalist who's interested in the music, but needs a little something extra to feel a connection with. So the bio can really help create that relationship. And I think that's where to, you can start to see yourself in the music and in that artist. So, you know, if you think about your favorite artists and you think about why you love them or why you love their um, songs, it's because you can relate to those stories in some way. So whether it's a bio or your um, email pitch, like you always want to find those little points that are going to create that kinship, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> that makes sense. I will say, I, I also didn't make sense really, um, or I didn't really get it before I started doing this podcast and I had people sending things to me, you know, as a musician, I was always sending things out to other people. Um, but now when someone sends me an email, and I see like all these bullet points of like cool things that we can talk about instead of just saying like, Hey, I mean, I'm a musician. Like they might be super good, but like, I am definitely going to click on the ones that have, you know, all the, all the cool things or things that I relate with. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to reach out to them first, you know, but I think I, a lot of musicians don't realize that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's easy to get caught up in, okay, what am I doing? Like, what are my accomplishments, which are important? Like if you want a Grammy, put it in the, put it in your bio, but it's not all about that all the time. Like you want to always keep that like human part to it. There's like a subtlety that has to come into play. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the traps that musicians should avoid when it comes to promoting themselves? putting themselves out there the do's and don'ts Ooh, <laughs> that's a tough question sorry <laughs> that's okay um I think you know and uh, you know I, a lot of especially right now I mean like inflation is and all of this sure. stuff going on in the world is affecting everything so I'm sure a lot of artists are doing their PR right now and I think one of the most important things to do if they're pitching to a journalist is to keep that email short, keep it personal, and don't put a million attachments into it. That's what I always say. Like, you don't want to be taking up all that space in their inbox. You don't want to be sending them irrelevant stuff you want to you know have your epk ready put it in dropbox or a google folder and send them the link don't attach pdfs and unless they ask for it but have everything ready to go in an epk you could just send the link and then they could take what they need from it and keep the email short because there's nothing worse whether it's the pitch or a bio, I've seen some that go on and on and on 
with all this information that you don't need. All you need is a good paragraph, maybe two short ones, um, and a link to the music. I have, with my blog, I've gotten some pitches from artists where they don't link to the music, they don't include anything. It's like two sentences. So we're, I guess where that ends up. That, Right, you're not that. gonna like go and be searching for that when you've got a whole inbox yeah. full of you gotta make it easy right exactly right and well, i think talk people... about your blog sure um so that when i started it it was kind of like almost like a portfolio i was still trying to find my way in the world i said let me start this blog that way you know i'm getting some writing experience. Um, you know, when when you have, especially during that time, it was hard to, it was hard to, um, especially in entertainment writing, it's hard to get a job anyway. Um, but when you can't get an in, you just make the way yourself, right? So, um, I used it as a portfolio. So, you know, if I was applying to jobs while I was applying to jobs, I said, okay, this is the writing I can do. Um, but really, it's really, you know, one of the best decisions I ever made because, um, it opened up this whole new world to me. Before I started that blog, my idea of the music was more traditional, I guess. So I was thinking, if I wanted to get a job in music, it'd have to be at a label or a big company in New York um, or something like that. And I've never been one for that like traditional nine to five or that office environment or, you know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so like a lot of people in music are, we're a little, you know, we walk to the beat of our own drum, right? So um, when I started the blog, I was like, look at all of these jobs that exist in the music industry, including PR. The only thing I knew about PR was like, if you're watching TV and some celebrity like did something and you hear the publicist made a statement, right? <laughs> That's all I knew about PR. Right. So when I started the blog, I met publicists, managers, artists themselves, you know, I made a lot of great connections. That's how I got my job at Muddy Paw. My boss had followed my blog on Twitter and I started supporting her artists on the blog and it went from there. I was an intern. She brought me on as a junior publicist. Now I'm a senior publicist and she's one of my best friends. So even better. That makes it, that makes it way better. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those risks that you're scared to death of, and believe me, starting that blog scared me to death. <laughs> um, sometimes those have the greatest payoffs. And I've done so many things that I never thought I was capable of doing, especially you know when you're shy and to um, think about doing something like this or to interview artists, interview them in person. Scary, but I did that. So it was also... In addition to being an outlet for my creativity, my passion, 
it also gave me a better sense of confidence. That's so cool. And you said you're shy, so that helps. Yes. You guys really are just like the mirror, me though. Like, zone. You seem like such a sweet person. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, do you have a question? Yeah, I do. Okay. When musicians come to you, bands mm-hmm. come to you, do you manage expectations when they come to you? Like they have these big ideas and big goals and what they're wanting and get their names out there from Connecticut to California. How do you say, okay, these are the steps we need to take because – you know, everyone as, wants to be on the cover. We all, of the yeah, we're Stone. all, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I need to be, on, but you know, we, yeah, because you have to have a lot of confidence to get on stage anyway to perform and to control an audience. So we automatically think that we're legit, we're ready to go mainstream across the United States. Especially how do you, Jeff. Especially. <laughs> and so, how do you manage these expectations from these egos that come through the door? <laughs> well, um that's something that I have an ego. a lot <laughs> and um you know anytime we start working with somebody and you know we we do tell them we we I think we start by saying you know we can't first we can't guarantee you coverage that's number one right what people are paying for with PR is our connections, our experience, and our strategy. They're not paying for the placements. So we say we can't guarantee any placements. Um, but usually, you know, every campaign that we've done has been successful. Um, and we have had bands that come to us and say, we want Rolling Stone and Billboard. Right. <laughs> Most of them aren't ready for that. So right. we say, we're going to start establishing your presence with these smaller blogs who are focused on your genre or general music blogs, blogs that speak to your passions, like I was talking about, your yoga instructor or a chef or whatever. And a lot of times those smaller blogs, they're run by maybe one or two people. Um, They're getting, you know, for the people who own those blogs, it's a big passion like mine was for me. So their passion comes out in the writing and that's what you want. You want people writing about your music who are excited, who are going to give it the attention it deserves. And so I think a lot of people lose sight of how important those smaller outlets are, the newer outlets. And two, those people who started those outlets, you never know where they're gonna go. A lot of them end up at bigger publications. So one day, you know, a blog that has, you know, a small readership that, writer that started it could end up at ear milk could end up at billboard one day and you want to start building those connections in the beginning and with every release you go back to them and you develop the relationship from there because once somebody covers you a lot of times they're going to want to cover you again especially if you're um 
doing an interview, whether it's through email or on Zoom in person, and you show your excitement, not only for what you do, but for the opportunity to share about your music, um, you're grateful for their time, like it goes a long way. Like it's a, I always say that it's a two-way street, like artists need to remember that those writers who are taking the time to write about them, they're people, right. <laughs> not just here's my music, give me what I want. It's here's my music. I want to get to know you. I want to build a relationship um, so we can support each other. So um, I feel like I like went a little, like I strayed there, but that makes sense, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Is there a genre of music that's easier to promote or y'all pretty good with all types? Um, I've worked with everything from like ambient to rock. Um, but I think like the rock and the alt rock seem to be a little bit easier to place. Pop is more competitive. Um, and and I would say too, like most of our experience at Muddy Paws and like pop rock and punk. Um, my boss does a lot of punk. I like to do the pop and rock. Being in the Northeast, is that the main scene right now? The punk scene? The punk, oh, gosh. You're in Connecticut, so I would just kind of get an idea what kind of music is more popular <laughs> in your area. In my area, um, that's hard but you know with quarantine and covid i kind of lost sight of like the scene because i would go into new york a lot to interview bands or um i was working with one band in new york a few years ago so i was able to go see them i feel like it's more i've seen the last few years i've seen punk rock like um heavy rock um metal I feel I'm seeing like, I feel like I'm seeing like a lot of heavier stuff lately. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. <laughs> I think New York is a very, it's always like very rock, you know, Connecticut. I don't know. We don't have a lot of, I think we have, we have a little scene here. We have New Haven. There's a lot of spots there. Um, but like Did I said, you with bands nationwide. Or do you concentrate? Yeah. Okay. Even I've worked with um, a singer from Malaysia. We go sometimes outside of the United States, which I love. I love international music. So um, I'm open to everything, really. <laughs> so. That's awesome. The Groove Lab podcast is proud to be sponsored by Kaiser Musical Products. Kaiser is a family-owned and operated guitar accessories company, proudly made in East Texas and globally recognized for their world-famous quick-change capos. Guaranteed with a lifetime warranty, Kaiser capos are ready for whatever the road throws at them. And you really don't own a capo if you don't own a Kaiser. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Check them out online at kaisermusical.com. Well, switching gears to your music blog. Mm -hmm. When people submit things to you, what are you looking for? 
Are you, are you just looking for things that you love or just, or just going back to what you were talking about? You love the good story. You love something to write about. I think it's a little of both. Um, I tend to go toward, um, Latin pop, um, Latin, Italian pop, um, uh, like alt rock. Um, I cover a little bit of everything, but even if it's not in those genres, it could be electronic. It could be, I don't know, it could be more like um, world music. Um, if there's a good story there, I'm down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. Are, you, are you accepting submissions? Yes. You are. Where yeah. can people listening um, go? Musicalnotesglobal at gmail.com. <laughs> Awesome. And hopefully they've got some, um, gotten some good tips from you on, on things to include in their email. Um, I, I did want to ask you, so, um, what would you say are some important things for artists to have ready to go? Like they've got the music, they've got a new release. Maybe do you have any like steps or any tips on things that they need to have ready to go and ready, um, to get or just send an email and to get, um, any press, um, a bio and, um, press photos, high quality, um, you know, like they could be taken in your backyard, but they have to look professional. They can't, you know, you have to not look like you just rolled out of bed or like grainy, you know, unless that's like the aesthetic, you know, um, those are really important. Um, cover art if it's an album or a single Um, and a press release if they're doing their own PR um, that's something they could include in the EPK along with the bio and the press photos okay let's talk about a press release sure Um, that's another thing I feel like artists are kind of like you know it's some big scary thing where do you even get started what do you have any tips Um, so the most important thing with the press release is, you know, again, don't go on for two pages. (laughs) Um, I would say like between three and 500 words, 500 is a little long, but (laughs) I feel like most press releases I've written and I've written a lot, uh, 300 words. Um, so you want to give a little bio information, a little meaning behind the song, who wrote it, who produced it. Um, A quote, those are always good, about the meaning of the song, um, what it sounds like. Another good one, Uh, what bands do you sound like or what artists do you sound like that will help anybody reading it to get an idea of who you are before they even click on play it helps a lot of times it helps people shuffle through like what they're looking for keeps people from wasting their time where they can spend it on other things um so I'd say those are the most important points. Um, I think too, I've seen this a lot um, when we're working at Muddy Paw with artists, 
when we're putting together the press releases, we'll ask them for a quote about the song or the album. And a lot of times they get caught up in the mechanics, um, which I know when you're making the music, very easy to do, but remember um, somebody listening to the song, usually, I guess, unless they're an artist too, but usually, you know, most listeners are looking for, they're paying attention to how it makes them feel instead of like, oh, I used this here or that here. So if you include a quote, which is a good idea, because um, it just helps people get more insight into the release. Um, you want to keep that more um, focused on the emotions or like, I don't know, this is a stupid example, but like if you wrote a song and it was about your dog dying, like that's a really like weird example, but you're not gonna say, oh, well, I built this song using this software and whatever. You're gonna say, I wrote this song because my dog who was my best friend died and it really impacted the way I saw life or something. And you see how, you know, somebody reading that can relate to that better than if they were reading about like the technology that was used to make the song. For sure. No one cares like yeah. do, but they don't care what kind of microphone you recorded on or like right. that's just like lost on on most people. Yes. I get a you know Lauren is a, an amazing singer songwriter and I always try to get her to open up on where did that song come from and tell me more about that song. And Good. It's, it's like pulling teeth sometimes <laughs> because I, yeah. it goes into a zone and she can't really tell me exactly where the song came from. And it's hard to get that out. So someone like you could bring that out in her. So I think that's too a good point. Like sometimes you have to, because for me, like writing is a therapy session. I write it. And then I sure. just forget, like it was, it was therapy. I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. Um, but I think it is important to like, maybe sit down and, and write out a story and, and, and make it sound, even if it's a little inflated, um, make it sound more relatable sure. to, to other people. Yeah. Cause I've seen, you know, on the blog side, I've seen, I'm sure a lot of artists who I'm like, Oh, can you just tell me a little bit about what this means for you? And it's like, I get one sentence and I'm like, <laughs> and I understand too, you know, some songs, I think they just come out and maybe they're not necessarily about anything specific or um, they're just in you. Right. And I understand that that can be hard to be like, Oh, well, you know, this song represents all the love I feel in the world when, you know, it's like, oh, well, I saw this cherry on the ground and I thought it looked low. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's like a very strange example, but. No, but I totally um, understand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that, but Do you ever have I know it could be hard to put it into words what some like a song or an album represents but it's always better to try to put it into words so um because you want to give 
writers something to grab onto and especially now like a lot of blogs or even bigger outlets like writers are working multiple jobs so you want to make it easy for people to cover you so if you give them a quote they're like oh perfect this is what the song is about I don't have to go like crazy analyzing for sure yeah which is always appreciated but isn't always something that you can expect to get like an in-depth review from every outlet that covers you so if you give a quote sometimes outlets they'll take the quote and just share that with the video or so you want to give some kind of insight even if it's hard into what you just created so people can cover it and it so that it's represented the way you want it to be yeah what if someone comes to you in your position to where they have all the intentions of the world of being a great artist or musician but as soon as you hear their music you're like you're not, not ready it's not for me yeah. how do you promote something that you're really not a big fan of um a lot of times we will will be honest and say it's not okay. quite the right fit for us well, that's good but we wish you the best with the release or if it's something we like but we're not comfortable placing we'll say we really like this music but it's not something that we work with a lot to where we would feel confident getting you the placements that okay. that makes sense yeah sure. hi this is erica derora from money pop pr and musical notes global.com thanks so much for checking out this episode of groove lab podcast stay groovy stay groovy <laughs> this is so